and radio check, please. I'm moving up and down, side to side, like a roller coaster. Esteban, I don't want you fighting with Fernando. Is that understood? All the time you have to leave a space. Just leave me alone, I know what to do. Radio check. Loud and clear. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Radio Tech Podcast. I'm Christina. I'm Ravni. And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, do you want to introduce Hi. yourself? <laughs> sure. Hi, my name is Ray Aiden, and I guess I am the guest for this week. Yes. Hello. Welcome. Ray is actually a, can we call you an indie author? Yeah, I guess so. It's so strange <laughs> because I don't even consider myself an author yet, but I guess I am. <laughs> you are, because you have a book out and you have... You have one in the making, so you are an author. I guess so. So I guess I am an indie author. <laughs> Just embrace it. Just embrace it. Yeah, I, I still I think everything has been happening so quickly for me that I still have not made my mind yet. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into what you write about, because obviously you're kind of in the motorsports industry as well in that yes. sense so yeah I'm intrigued what are these books about that what do you write okay so I am writing mainly romance novels uh it's everything fairly new I published my first book called Hammer Time on February this year so uh, it's it's pretty much like rom-coms or at least the first one is Christine already knows that the second one is looking quite different but but yeah, there's I love a whole it. <laughs> genre out there of sports romances dealing with motorsports that is coming to life right now, and it's crazy and amazing to see it being made. Because I thought I was going to be one of the few, but I see more and more indie authors publishing their F one books, which is incredible. Ravni didn't even know that F1 romance was a thing. We actually have an episode where I'm explaining to her what F1 romance is and she's just like shocked, completely shocked. There is a very recent pipeline between F1 and books that's been going on for like the past two months. Of course, there was only this one huge author that was doing this F1 romances, but I feel like all the F1 community boom is just like going in so many different genres and like aspects of life. And it's just like landed in the book community and it's amazing. I love it. I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like by the end of this, I will be a big fan of it as well. It's <laughs> two different worlds colliding. In that it, it is. It is like that. Yes. So do you want to... Um without giving away much spoilers do you want to just like say what your uh, I guess the only book that's published I don't know if you want to talk about uh we can talk about it (laughs) we can talk about it (laughs) yes uh so pretty much my first book is about a retired Formula One driver who has decided to rejoin the sports after a couple of years being in in the cars and doing all the things because he left very frustrated the sport after winning a couple of championships. And on the other hand, we have a female protagonist who wants to make it into the sport. So she is fresh out of college or kind of like doing her first jobs. And what she's attempting to do is to land a marketing job in the Formula One, in the Formula One teams. 
And well, they, they just end up working in the same place. He is a driver and she is a marketing strategist. And so we, we follow the whole driver's championship in my book, as well as her progression as a professional. And that is kind of what the book is about, summarized. Very cool. So it's not really specifically about form- any specific Formula One drivers. I think that that could be something that a lot of people might take as a misconception. Like, there are, of course, because, you know, you are basing the book in something that actually happens. So, of course, you take bits and bits from here and there. For example, my driver is retired and has come back to the motorsports world after a couple of years, which obviously makes a kind of way to Fernando Alonso's career path. But a lot of his struggles are like maybe from other drivers. Then for me, while I was writing the book, I was obviously studying tons of races and competitions and driving styles. I think I have watched all the races for the past 20 years, like 10 times in a row buckling up to make like really good or try at least to make good writing of the races so you know like I take bits and bits from everyone that's so cool to hear I love that you've really done your research and you know what you're writing about as well (laughs) so it's not just I feel like people could see it in a completely different way but even just hearing that you've watched so many races and you like that's just to add that much detail into your books I feel like that writing style, it's really one that I want to, I'm going to have to order that for myself. (laughs) I hope you enjoy it. I can send you a copy if you want. Oh my God, that would be amazing. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I'd love, I'd love to order one for you. Um, But yeah. I also, I'm on chapter three or four. I can't remember um, because I've, life has (laughs) taken. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) has taken me back but um I love also the details of uh like the details inside the book with like the little circuits that you have in the book I just absolutely love it I just want to say that um but (laughs) uh going on with our planned content um we kind of wonder like why did you decide to write them why did you decide to just you know do all this research and write these books and yeah (laughs) so um pretty much I have been extremely passionate about Formula One since I was a child um I come from Spain and growing up until Fernando won his first championship which was 2004 I believe uh, men are gonna tell me that I'm a new fan and I don't know anything about my Formula One sport. I think but, it's five. Yeah, it's four it's or 2005. five. Yeah, because okay. Schumacher was five from 2000. So yeah, it's... right. You see, I'm really bad with dates, but you're not. It's the so, technique. <laughs> in, in 2005, you uh, the, the, there is a boom in Spain because it was really hard to access to it because it was not MTV back then. So you would have to go to like bars in the middle of nowhere that were specifically uh, specifically for like British tourists that were watching the sports. And when he starts competing, everyone wants the rights in Spain to broadcast it. So it becomes a big thing. My dad used to be already a fan, but at that point we would be able to watch it at home and he would make me sit through the whole race and make me watch it. And it was incredible. And I think like I have been growing up with the sport. Like I don't remember a year what I've not, really been watching the sport 
And I've also always been a very big bookworm. And I fell in love with a couple of Formula One romances that I read a couple of years ago. And when I read them, I thought, oh, my God, I need more. I love this book so much. I just like I need something that makes me feel the same. And at some point I said, like, I cannot find anything. I will just write it. And that's that's how the whole idea happened. That is fantastic. I can't find anything. I'll do it myself. Honestly, yeah, this is kind of my approach in life. If I can find it, I'll do it. (laughs) Yeah, because I've not seen anything like this apart from your account and a lot of your content on TikTok that's come up recently as well. So I feel like you really found a niche in the market and I love that. I love that. This actually due to this whole publishing process, I have found a lot of other indie authors that are writing on the same genre of F1 romances. And there are so many books out there and so many that are about to come out this year too. It's it's incredible to me, honestly, because we didn't have this six months ago. Yes. Oh my gosh. I feel like I came to know F1 romances with uh, the Dirty Air series. And then after that, I saw your account. And then after that, I saw Rush. And then like, they just keep on coming. Yeah, and- they are coming. They are coming. It's incredible. Yeah. And I think it's also for a lot of book girlies, finding out about the Dirty Air series was a way to connect to the sport because a lot of people that loved the Dirty Air series were not necessarily Formula One fans and they started showing interest and becoming big F1 girlies because of those books. So, you know, it goes both ways, which is amazing in my opinion. Yes, 100%. I'm also writing one, but we're not talking about me right now. (laughs) (laughs) You have to send me the pages. Yes, I will. We'll move on to a a little bit of a different topic. Um, We'd love to kind of get to know you a bit better, Ray. So um, I guess we can kind of do a get to know Ray session. So what um, I guess we'll kind of ask the obvious questions. So who are your favorite drivers? What's your favorite team? That sort of stuff. <laughs> okay, um, this might be a bit controversial, but I am in love with Fernando Alonso. He's my god. It's not controversial. It's not controversial. You're Spanish. But tell that to a Lewis Hamilton fan. <laughs> Ravni, you good? Did you die there? I'm sorry. <laughs> No, let me tell you, he's the biggest motherfucker that is out there. He's amazing. He's just, I think he has been so underrated for the past couple of years. I feel like he is one of the drivers that has had some of the worst luck ever. The choices. (laughs) The choices that he made in teams. Yeah, but I don't think it's even the choices. Like, sometimes there is not much, for example the whole McLaren situation that he lived in the 2000s, that was just dumb ass bad luck, honestly, yeah, in my opinion. He couldn't have predicted what would have happened, but mm-hmm. it seems like right now he's finally <laughs> gotten yeah. the luck to turn his way. But I feel like living, I live in Spain and I feel like it's a requirement for Spanish people to be Fernando Alonso fans. Like, it's required. <laughs> it, it is, honestly. Because, like I said, a lot of people just grew up in Spain watching Fernando and showed interest in the sport only because of Fernando. He has done 
such a great thing for motorsports in general, not even only Formula One, because he has been in so many different races. For example, I started watching the 100 miles of Indianapolis because of him. I didn't even know that it was a thing before he did them. So this is also like the importance of having like a national idol, so to say, for the growth of the fan base in the country. Yeah, I feel like it's, I mean, it makes a lot of sense when you kind of like go and look at how Formula One wasn't really a thing in Spain until Fernando got in Formula One. Because Mm -hmm. like, if you go to Italy, for example, it always has been a thing there. But because Ferrari has been in Formula One since race two, not race one, race two. (laughs) Fun fact. (laughs) But you know, for us, it's always been a big a big thing. And whenever I said to people, like, I didn't grow up being a Fernando fan because I grew up in Italy. And when Fernando came on, Schumacher was still in Ferrari. And of then course. after that, it came Kimi who won. And then it was, a, you know, it was Massa, whatever. Let's not talk about that. Exactly. <laughs> so it's just... I know that Spanish people just, it's a requirement. It's like, if you want to be an F1, a Spanish F1 fan, you need to be a Fernando fan and speak Spanish. That's exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, it really is like that. But, but yeah, I think like the whole Fernando thing in, in, in Spain, it seems so well. But when you talk to the international fans, they're like, how can you? And I'm like, how can you not? <laughs> I think he's, he's so sassy that. I, a lot yeah. of people just don't appreciate that. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I feel like he has been made the villain of the story for such a long time. And at this point, he's just embracing it. He's like, yeah. you know, you're going to say I'm a villain. It doesn't matter what I say. So I'll just say what I actually think. So he's so honest with everything. He will go to the press and be like, yeah, fuck the shit. <laughs> yes. If you want to make me the villain, make me the villain. I've been channeling his energy lately and I love it. Mm-hmm, yeah. there is no denying that he is such a beast and to be honest he's made such a big name for himself because along with you know Lewis Hamilton Michael Schumacher he's one of the big names like if you hear Fernando Alonso you will it rings a bell even if you don't kind of watch F1 very mm-hmm. much so yeah big respect I, I, for that yeah I, I think he's one of those names that is will make it into the history of Formula One. Because we have, of course, a lot of champions that will not necessarily make it in the future. In the sense that, I'm going to say, maybe it's a controversy. Felipe Massa, he has his titles. And he was a great driver. But besides all the controversy of the time he won the title, probably I'm saying something wrong here. Sorry, girls. But I feel like he isn't that big of a name. You know, like he's not going to for the battles or something like this. Like when I think of Fernando, let's say in like the past years, I think of him defending with a shit car in Hungary against Hamilton. I don't think that's about Massa. Maybe other people do. Massa doesn't have a world title. <laughs> and it very upsets me a lot that Massa doesn't have a world title. It really does upset me because I love yeah. Massa. But he, uh, Fernando just made a name for himself. First of all, I think he's one of the most complete drivers right now on the grid. Second mm-hmm. of all, the marketing skills, I'm sorry, the marketing skills are genius because coming out with El Plan and then La 33, it's, it just 
it gets people but watching. do you know that he actually did not come up with that but he fueled it i mean yeah definitely but i was seeing like an interview that he made in spain a couple of uh months ago and someone asked him like how did the plan happen and he said like i didn't like my team even didn't come up with this people started talking about this on the socials and so we kind of took it you know and we made a joke out of it but he was like yeah a plan is not knowing what the plan is <laughs> who knows <laughs> he knows amazing um yeah even as a lewis hamilton fan i've got to say i think there was something that they said this week that fernando actually said that he would love to kind of finish his career as teammates with lewis hamilton and i just love yeah. that because i know they kind of might seem to not hate each other but show some dislike because they're rivals at the end of the day two of the biggest mm. rivals it, there's just so much underlying respect for each other but, between them and I love it you know I feel like everyone on the socials is always saying how salty he is about the whole Lewis Hamilton thing but I actually think he does not really care you know like I think when he speaks out on certain things it's because he feels like injustice is being made for example he spoke out for the whole Carlos drama on uh, the Australian GP the other day uh, when uh, when when he got the 10 second penalty that hurt all of us and you know he speaks out about these things and of course because it's Carlos we all love it when when he speaks bad about yeah the FIA didn't do this thing correctly when it's Hamilton for example then everyone goes against him and like oh he's so salty but he's just saying the truth you know I think it's about the way he says it. Um, yeah, exactly. that people are like, uh, but I think it's it, a lot of it is very cultural. I feel like I get <laughs> the way he speaks, and for exactly. me, it's completely normal, but I know it's very cultural. And also, as a fellow Leo, because he's a Leo, <laughs> I would also say shit just because I know it will get me attention. And mm-hmm. that's and that's why he's has made so much noise and and he has so many people that follow him and also so many people that hate him but hello there's no such thing as bad press all press is good press exactly (laughs) and I think he's terrorizes. but it also takes us back to the point that we said before like at this point he knows he's like the villain of Formula One so he's like fuck it I'll say whatever I want to say like nothing is going to change the fact that I am the villain (laughs) And people love villains. I love villains. Exactly. They're the best. They're the most interesting. Yes. Very true. Very true. They, um, they are the yeah. ones dating Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh my God. I had to drop it. As a Taylor Swift, I'm getting attacked. All of my favorites are getting attacked in this. <laughs> that's so much fun though oh my god Ravni have you seen it I've seen I've seen is it's a really recent thing because of the breakup and everything that's a completely different topic but then I also feel like she can be portrayed as a villain in that sense but she also can portray people as villains it's a completely different topic and I'm super interested in I love no, talking about this Ravni the, the rumors that Taylor Swift and Alonso are dating. Yeah, Fernando Alonso. <laughs> Imagine the power that these two would have. Masterminds, both of them. <laughs> Alexa, play Mastermind by Taylor Swift. <laughs> oh no, my gosh, no. I love it. We love them, we love them. We, we do. Them. So your favorite driver, Fernando Alonso, does that mean your favorite team is Aston Martin? <sighs> 
that's such a hard one. Um, I would say my favorite team is Ferrari. However, after years of being a disappointed Tifosi, it's just hurting my soul too much. And I, I don't know how long I can take it. <laughs> my red flag, my red flag is yeah. that I still have faith in Ferrari. Yeah, same. <laughs> no, but same, honestly. Um, the thing is, um, I feel like Ferrari is going to enter an internal civil war in the next year with all the changes and things that are going on inside the team. So I feel they're going to end up destroying themselves for a couple of seasons. Uh, I'm still a Ferrari fan, but I would say like my top three, because I, I don't have favorite child. So my top teams are Ferrari, Red Bull and Aston Martin. Not in that order necessarily. I have a question because I feel like we need to ask you this question because we've put this question on our Get to Know Us episode. So I want to know, what would you gift Max Verstappen for Secret Santa? Oh, this is a good one. Oh, this is such a good one. I don't know. I think I would gift him like an FIA, like the, the, the what's the name of the, the game that Charles gifted him last year? Yeah, the F1. Because he's such a, exactly, he's such a gamer or maybe like FIFA, you know, something like this. I think he would really appreciate it. I feel like, He's such a cinnamon roll when he's outside of the track that you could gift him anything and he would be so appreciative of that. Oh my gosh, when he gifted Mick a lion. <laughs> and I so mean, like, cute. these people are so rich. Like, what to do with the money? What would you give someone that has everything, yeah. you know? Let's give them a lion. Why not? Probably Nick hasn't even seen the lion yet. No, but it's um I think it's like a lion in um Yeah, yeah, in a, yeah. Like I a know, shelter. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, if I, I was Mick, then I would have gone to the shelter. Because you know, he can do that. It's affordable for him. And like visit the lion, see like, oh, this is my lion. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, hi lion. I wanna know what the what the name of the lion is. Didn't they say it? Maybe Did not, they say it? I don't remember. I'm gonna like email make and be like make for your socials. It would be great content if you showed us the lion. A hundred percent, though. It, I would appreciate it, and it's so on on brand for Mick as well to show exactly. lion. Sweet angel Mick. He oh. he deserves a seat next season. Yes. Hello, editing Christina here. So this was gonna be one episode, but. We are cutting it because it was way too long. We spoke for like more than an hour. So this is the end of part one of our episode with Ray. Thank you so much for listening. We we'll love you. As always, uh, follow us on social media. And we can't wait to have you back on the next episode. Bye.